What's up, gamers? This episode of Restore Point is brought to you by Manscaped. If you go to manscaped.com slash HQ and put in code HQ20, you'll get free shipping, 20% off of the Perfect Package 3.0 kit, and two extra gifts. They've got anti-chafing underwear in there, so when you're sitting down rubbing your thighs together all day, you won't chafe anymore. Can you get chafed from sitting down? Oh, yeah, you absolutely can. Okay. Trust me. Okay. Trust I mean, me. all I do is sit, and I'm chafing constantly. So uh, They also throw in a bag. And the bag is nice because you put your trimmer in there, you put your deodorant in there, you go on a trip to your girl's house, your guy's house, wherever you're going, you bring that bag and you're always clean. Once again, if you want to support us and Manscaped, please go to manscaped.com slash HQ, put in code HQ20, free shipping, 20% off, two extra gifts. And guys, enjoy the show. Stop, stop right there, criminals. I'm confiscating your stolen goods. Hey everybody, what's going on? It's your boy Sean Thomas. I'm here with my friend Dev and we are back with another episode of Restore Point. Restore Point is a weekly video game nostalgia podcast where Dev and I talk about video games that we love. And uh, this week we're going to be talking about Oblivion. But first, I got to talk to you, Dev. What's going on? Be, be real with me. Okay. How absolute dog shit does my quarantine beard look? Uh, let me see. It's a little, it's a little scraggly. Dude, uh, it's not good. It's a little scraggly. Honestly, I've been using the manscaper, the lawnmower. On your face? Yeah. So what, that what defeats I do, the purpose no, 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 of the no, no, manscape. No. You don't understand. Okay. Because when you get, when you get the flyaways, yeah. you have to be really careful because you don't shave your shit in. Yeah. When you get the flyaways, just, you know, get right outside of your beard line, just kind of just shave them off and that evens everything out. Well, so here is my thing. As soon as the quarantine started, I've never been able to grow like a big beard because I, I don't know, my beard just gets, I have really thick hair and my beard just gets thicker. It doesn't get like longer or bigger in like an appealing way mm. and like i know so many people who just have these like fucking sick huge beards and i said you know what i'm not gonna be around people very much time to get this beard going and last night came home from the shoot i was troubleshooting the internet we got a new um internet package from spectrum mm. they sent me dude holy shit they sent me uh the modem last night and for weeks, they've been sending me this email like, hey, when you get the modem, all you have to do is go to spectrum.com slash self-activate. I plug the modem in, go in there, and a uh, whole internet's broken. Call them, and they're like, ooh, we don't do activations after 9 p.m. So, yeah, so I had to fucking set everything back up. Anyway, I'm in like a rage, sweating, no shirt on, like crouched over, all the modem. I think in everybody's house, the modem and the router is in like the least convenient place possible. Mine mm. is like on the ground next to my PC and wall. So, all of a sudden... You ever have this thing where you can just feel the fucking like hair on your neck, like stabbing yourself? Yeah. When you're like, it, yeah, like, uh. it drives me insane. And so I like in a rage mad at the internet, I just went and like shaved my whole neck beard. And I was like, oh, maybe this is good. Cause it's like shaping this monster of a beard that I have. But now you're telling me good. It's not quite good enough. And maybe I should nah, trim you just it down. Need, like here. So like you're good here because yeah. it doesn't look like you have a double chin, which is always good. Yeah. Put your head down a little bit. Yeah. It's just the flyaways, you know, like this boy right there. It's just oh. a little long. So you just got to go, got to even it out. I guess we'll see, dude. Yeah. Stay in the mirror. The, the real thing about me and my beard is every time I grow my beard out, I start to have this existential crisis like, oh, my God, you're such a fat turd. You need to get your <laughs> life together. And then I trim it down and it looks good. So I'm hoping for an extreme quarantine makeover for myself because the next time I trim my beard down, psst, the boy's going to be looking Nice. You know, nice and tight. Yeah, I uh I was gonna grow my beard out again like I did like a couple months like a month ago, month mm -hmm. or two ago, but then I didn't. I was just getting upset at it the other day, so I kinda just I cut it down. 
I, every day I wake up, it's like every day I, I did a shoot yesterday and I was like, maybe today's the day that I'll trim it down. We were doing a restore point today. And I think I'm just pushing it to my limit until I see a photo of myself or a video of myself that makes me want to absolutely shave it. But here's the other thing too, because of the quarantine, I can't get my hair cut or anything. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, why even bother putting in the minimal amount of effort on my beard if everything else is just going to be fucked up right now i get that actually i'm literally like i was about to post a thing online to one of my homies being like yo can you come over before noon and give me a haircut mm. but i held off i'm just gonna wear a hat for right now um but maybe the, in the next week or two the problem for me is big hat big head and all my hair and my beard i look like a fucking egg all right, all right, <laughs> anyway let's get into the show all right dev i need you to give me the history on oblivion all right so the elder scrolls 4 oblivion dropped March 2006, so it's about yep. a little over 14 years old at this point. It's old enough to get a job at Burger King. So, yeah, um, and actually, it was super ambitious at the time. Obviously, we're talking about we're, we're on the cusp of the seventh generation. Like, mm -hmm. seventh generation just started four months prior. So the Xbox 360 came out yeah. um, November 2005. Mm -hmm. So Oblivion was up, ready to go four months after the system launched. So, do you remember how much 360s were when they launched? 400, I think. There might have been, I think there was a 400 and there was like a cheaper 300 one. Maybe it didn't have really? a hard, I think the 300 one didn't have a hard drive. Uh, yeah. See, it's funny that you mentioned when that game came out because I didn't get to play Oblivion at launch. And as I was thinking about prepping for the show, so much of my Oblivion experience is tied directly to my Morrowind experience mm. because I grew up with this kid named Aiden. Um, not going to like fully dox him, but Aiden, you know who you are. What's up, Aiden? And uh, he always had like top of the line games, everything. So he had a 360 and he had Oblivion. And I went over his house. His walls were painted to look like clouds, <laughs> I remember. And we're sitting in his room playing Oblivion. And I was so fucking excited. But like, you know, 2006, I was 12. So, you know, it was really like watching Aiden play mm -hmm. Oblivion. But I just remember... It looked so fucking sick. And I was like, yo, I started to do all this research on Elder Scrolls because I knew it was Elder Scrolls 4. I found out that Morrowind was a thing. And all I had was the OG Xbox. Mm -hmm. So I bought Morrowind. And let me tell you, those two games could not be more different. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, this is the way they look. Just the way they look, the way they operate, and the way they play were just complete. I mean, you knew it was the same game. I mean, same similar mechanics and whatnot. But they definitely... A bit more handhold to get Oblivion. Obviously, yeah. we're talking about technical specs. Yeah. Like yeah. in Morrowind, the crazy thing is, and I didn't realize this as a kid. You don't really think of these things, but Morrowind had like such few voiced lines. Oh yeah, you yeah. know, like when you're on that ship. Did you play a lot of Morrowind? Yeah. When you're on that ship, you know, you're talking to the Dark Elf in the in the brig in the brig of the ship, and I think that has voice yeah, lines. Yeah, he, he talks to you. But basically everything after that point is like all text. Yeah. And in Oblivion, everything is voice. Yep. Yep. And that was, I mean, you would know better than I, was that a limitation of like the discs and the processing of the Xbox versus the 360 or what? Uh, it might've been, it may have been that cause Xbox was definitely powerful enough to run voice things. Obviously we had Halo and yeah. things like that. True. True. Um, but it may have been the limitation of, okay. Do we want to focus on keeping this game, keeping Morrowind running better and mm. maybe sacrifice in terms of audio with the voice lines? Mm. I can't say for sure, but obviously there was some sort of, I'm assuming it was more of a technical thing as opposed to like a choice that they really wanted to make. Mm. Well, the other thing too, I think that you can, I, from, I used to know this off the top of my head, but in Oblivion and in Skyrim, there were a limited number of voice actors who would do the voices for 
everything. Yeah. You know, so I think it could have been a manpower thing as well. Yeah, but Oblivion Oblivion stepped it up on that end. Obviously, everything was voice acted, and uh, they had a couple big hitters in there. We're talking. We had Patrick Stewart was in yeah, there. Yeah, uh, Sean Bean was in there too. It, it's also so. funny that Patrick Stewart was in there because he was in there for like the first half hour of the game. Yeah, he was. He, he was, was the dead. king. Yeah. I wonder if it was maybe this didn't have the didn't have the Patrick Stewart money. <laughs> you think they? Do you think they crafted the whole Oblivion story around Patrick Stewart? Yeah. And then he was like, "I need two million dollars," and they were like. How about this King? So have you, um, obviously you've played, I feel like it's almost impossible to talk about oblivion now without the context of both Morrowind and Skyrim around it Yeah, because it was such a leap forward from everything in Morrowind from like a story standpoint and a technical standpoint. And I know for me personally, when Skyrim came out, I mean, I played hundreds of hours of it. Hmm. Nick can attest. He like bought me this massive Skyrim, uh, Prima strategy guide book and like I was so obsessed with it but Skyrim to me did not have the same like charm that Oblivion had mm-hmm. something about the world of Cyrodiil and the people in it just felt so much more like authentic is the wrong word but I don't know is that something that you experienced like I think it was more like Skyrim wasn't as big of a leap as Oblivion was mm-hmm. from from Morrowind to Oblivion and Oblivion to Skyrim, Oblivion to Skyrim was not as big of a leap just technically and maybe like story-wise as, you know, as as Morrowind to Oblivion. So I enjoyed Skyrim a lot. I, you know, I bought it on multiple platforms, but yeah. Uh, yeah, something about it just wasn't the same. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and it took me, I remember Skyrim took me a while to finish it. Like I started it on PS3 and I didn't finish it until I had a PC. Did you have the bug on PS3? Oh, the one where it's like too much memory. Where your save file got too big. I don't think, right. So I don't think I got far enough in it for my save file to get like so bloated. Dude, the the crazy thing about all these Elder Scrolls games is you almost can't talk about the best parts of them without talking about all of the bugs. Yeah. yeah. Like the bug and that bug in Skyrim. I remember I had a PS3 at the time and I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy it on PS3. PS3 is supposed to be the better system, supposed to have better graphics. Let's fucking go. I went to... I want to say I went to the Derby Street GameStop and bought a copy of it. And I played the fuck out of this game. And all of a sudden, it just started running badly, like Mm -hmm. running badly in a way I had never seen a game run before. And then I talked to the dude at GameStop and he's like, oh, yeah, that's a bug with a PS3 version. You got to get on 360. And I was like 40 hours into Skyrim at this point. So I just started all over. So it's funny that you mentioned finishing it because I have never beaten an Elder Scrolls game. I consider uh, okay, myself okay. a massive Elder Scrolls fan, but the core story of, uh, of at least Skyrim, I just didn't really give a shit about. Mm-hmm. Oblivion's main story was really cool, but to me, the best part, like the thing that I became obsessed with almost to a detrimental degree was the guilds. Like yeah. Oh, the, yeah. the Thieves Guild, the the Dark Brotherhood, yep. which was so much better in Oblivion. Dude, Dark Brotherhood had like... I was thinking last night about the Dark Brotherhood storyline and how like like the writing in that storyline like as you progressed through the guild was so sick and like the ending was like a, yes. it was a kind of a twist so it was like whoa like it was like a double yeah. twist. Yeah, it was like a double twist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was yeah, it was really good. The Dark um, Brotherhood was was my absolute favorite. I remember when I was a kid, uh you know, you get that the letter with the handprint on yeah. it and I was just like I wanted it on like a shirt and a hat and my underwear. Like I wanted everything with the, we know print. And 
the uh, when I played Skyrim, I was like, oh, dude, I can't fucking wait to play the Dark Brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Like that was the coolest thing. And the Dark Brotherhood in Skyrim was like just fine. Yeah, it was. So yeah, it was whatever. It wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. I mean, even like in doing the research for it, the fact that you get you know the blade of woe in the beginning of that mm-hmm. quest line and then the night mother at the end enchants it like yeah. the, and if the other really crazy thing about oblivion to morrowind is that um in it, you know oblivion was really or not oblivion all these elder scrolls games were really the first of their kind in making you feel like you could do anything you wanted in the game you know you could play it however you wanted and they had a contingency plan for however you were going to play it yeah. as the game has progressed um Bethesda started to kind of wall off certain options because they were yeah. just like fully game breaking. Like in Morrowind, you could just immediately leave the the ship and then go kill, uh, like I forget whoever it was, but you could kill like a very core person in the game. Yeah. And the game is like the game just gives you this text box that's like, hey, by the way, um, you're fucked now. Yeah, exactly. like like you can keep like playing this up. if you want, but. The game is done now. Yeah. And in Oblivion, it protected these people from being able to be uh, yeah. uh, killed. But in the Dark Brotherhood in particular, you could get the night, you know, you kill a random person, Lucian Lachance comes, talks to you, and then you can kill him right then and there. Yes. And the Blade of Woe is just a worthless dagger, yeah. like sells for 20 gold. The other crazy thing, and I've thought about this, I've thought about this concept in particular in a lot of different games. Oblivion stopped a lot of... Um, a lot of really punishing things for Morrowind. Like, I, you know, for those of you who maybe aren't super familiar with the franchise, um, Skuma is this like a legal drug. It's like moonshine, basically. Yes. Uh, and in Morrowind, if you even had Skuma on your person, they wouldn't sell to you. Like, no merchants. You couldn't do any deal because you were this like fucking junkie. But in Oblivion, they're like, well, you know, if you're like drunk or something, there's a, there's a repercussion, but whatever you can still deal with merchants and in like, it's just those little punishing things that, that uh, I'm really glad to see now in current gen games that people try to stay away from, except in animal crossing where like every time you'd catch a fucking fly, your net breaks. Um, but the really funny thing I remembered, I, I played oblivion recently. I probably played it like six, seven months ago, I was on discord with our friend Billy and I remembered that arrows had weight in oblivion, yes, but they yeah, didn't yeah. in Skyrim. Yeah. So you couldn't hold like a thousand arrows. You have to kind of like manage that a bit more. Um, and that was like one of the, that was one of the cool things. So they definitely took away from Morrowind. They definitely held your hand a little bit more than Morrowind, you know, fast travel was added waypoints were added. Um, Mm. and things like wow. that I but, for, well you yeah. could fast travel on morrowind but you had to go to like you had to be in a bugs. port town yeah, to, yeah you had yeah, to get yeah. you had to get a silt strider in a port town you couldn't fast travel to anywhere that you had visited from anywhere right. so um morrowind added that which is more of maybe more or oblivion added that which was more of maybe a quality of life thing and you know having waypoints for the objectives as opposed to you having to actually read the text and all the manuals to figure out oh i'm going north past the berry bush on the yeah, right type yeah, of thing th- that was yeah. crazy but i think that i think that uh playing playing morrowind first kind of gave me the uh appreciation for the environmental storytelling that mm. that those games are honestly so good at the thing that's really interesting to me about um about all the elder scrolls games is how fleshed out the not even just like each individual story is but like the universe that in 
uh, you know, Morrowind is where all the all the dark elves are from. Mm. And then when you go to Cyrodiil and Oblivion, if you play as a dark elf, you're basically seen as like the scum of the earth. Yeah. Like, and they they treat you like that's it. where like the human that's where the humans are all from. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the other, and I, I was wondering this last night because in Morrowind, if you killed a guard and nobody saw you, there weren't repercussions for yeah. it. But in Oblivion, no matter where you kill a guard, you are immediately in trouble. Yeah, you're in trouble, and you have to pay, or at least you have to pay the 1,000 gold. You have to pay the 1,000 gold, and they they take your stolen goods, and they bring you to jail. Yep. But in uh, Skyrim, they introduced, like, provincial, provincial... Um, like, basically, like a reputation system. Yeah, yeah. but, like... In, in Cyrodiil, no matter where you went, if you had stolen something, you know, in six towns over in, in Kavach and then you go, you know, to the to the like empire, yeah. you're going to get arrested unless you're in like Thieves Guild. Yeah. yeah. And I think also in Morrowind, there wasn't a Thieves Guild. So if you had stolen something, you couldn't like fence it. You couldn't fence anything. The the really the biggest thing to me about those games is the guilds gave everything so much personality, and I think that was what, uh, especially in Morrowind, like the first town you go to, there's just so many. Um, you can join the fighters guild, yeah, the fighters guild, guild right there. Yeah. But in and the same thing in Oblivion, but in Skyrim, the the guild system was everything was still there, but it didn't feel as like. Like in the, if you joined the fighters guild, it felt like you were part of the fighters guild, you know. Yeah, yeah. But you had to go join the companions and your Vasker. Yeah. I felt I felt more yeah in Oblivion and Morrowind. It was like when you joined the fighters guild, it was like you were really a part of this thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Skyrim, it felt it felt more like a quest line. I was just yeah. gonna say it felt more like a quest, yeah, it's like just like a quest. Yeah, it's like any. Yeah. And in and especially in. Yeah, it's. I really think it's so hard to talk about these games individually without referencing the other ones. But like in Skyrim, they tried to force you on the the Stormborn. I forget the other class, like the yeah. the opposing factions. Yeah. And in Oblivion, it it felt more like you were figuring out. You were making your own story. You know. Yeah, and even in the main, I mean, the main quest line of Oblivion, there wasn't this splitting path like there was in Skyrim. Right. Which I don't mind that. Because yeah. it was done well. Yeah. And I had all of these extra things I could, you know, had all these extra guilds that I could go to. And there's just like a lot of exploration to do at that point. The other, the crazy, the craziest thing to me about Oblivion and all these Elder Scroll games is that you can put hundreds and hundreds of hours into these games and never touch the main storyline. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because it was almost never the best part of the game. Yeah. Like the best part of the game is going to this person's house who, you know, you read their diary and find out they're a murderer. Like yeah. all that shit was so crazy. The other really amazing thing to me as a kid, as a, as a person with like a job now and responsibilities, I don't have time for this, but the fact that there were so many books that were fleshed out yeah. and you could read them, I'll never forget. Uh, I stole on my iPad in 2012, all the, every, it was an ebook of all the books in Skyrim yeah. and, uh, Oblivion was the same thing. And I also think in Morrowind, they had like a really no, detailed book system. Honestly, since like, since Elder Scrolls 1, they've they've just done really good world building. And obviously back in the day, there wasn't any voice acting. So reading was going to be the number one thing. So they've always been big on building the world through those books and through those things that you just have to kind of find. Yeah. Um, if you don't, you know, if you, obviously you can just blast the main quest if you want to. You don't have to. And that's that's like, it doesn't feel like the illusion of choice. It feels like you actually have the choice of like, going into this world and and being a part of it yeah well and in in uh oblivion like 
I think that when they switched away in uh, Fallout 4 and Skyrim to this, like, uh, the camera, like, so in Oblivion, if you've ever played Oblivion or Fallout 3, you know that as soon as you talk to an NPC, the camera does this, like, crazy dolly zoom effect, like, yeah. into their face, and the whole world stops and it freezes, um, which I know could be, like, a little jarring, but to me, it made every interaction feel, like, incredibly immersive. Yeah, and, like, you personal. Know? Yeah, because yeah. you just were just, like, obsessed with this person. Um, and I also felt like in Skyrim, it was really cool that the universe kept moving, but it would cause like really weird interactions mm. where you'd be talking to somebody and then a third party would like bump into you and go, Oh, like, excuse me. Like, <laughs> it's like go through some sort of object to get to you or yeah. something, something like that. Yeah. Now. So I know that from Xbox to 360, there was obviously a massive graphical overhaul, Yeah. but Morrowind looks like, a completely different yeah i mean it looks like it was built on the n64 versus oblivion yeah if you actually if you if you ever had the ch if you ever get the chance i mean if you play the pc version of morrowind obviously it looks a lot better than the xbox version yeah um and on top of that you can mod it what have you on whatnot that one but yeah xbox xbox 360 was just it was night and day and you could really see you know i think the first how i really really knew that this was i'm in the future now this is the next gen we're in the seventh generation is you're in oblivion you start in this like claustrophobic sewer mm. and you're going through you know the beginning the beginnings of the game beginning story you know king gets killed whatever you're going through and you escape the sewer and you get out into the world and you see you know you see the gold silver tower the center of cyrodiil you can just see it and it's so far away um, the draw distances, like the dynamic range of the sky and the water and everything. And you're yeah. just seeing everything. And that was, that was maybe the first time in video games that I'd ever experienced something like that. Yeah. And so many games have done that ever since like yeah. that oblivion moment. Yeah. Like obviously fallout did it with yeah. coming out of the vault. Yeah. Um, Metro, Metro 2033 has done, done a similar thing. Mm. So that was definitely a defining moment in, you know, in the turn of the console generation. The other crazy thing for me about Oblivion was the the graphics. Like, I, it's funny that you mentioned the like that Oblivion moment because not only were not only are is that like such an iconic moment for that game, but when you think about Morrowind, everything had this same like hue to it. You know, everything was like dirt brown. <laughs> yeah, brown. Yeah, exactly. And as soon as you step out of the sewers, it's just like fucking gorgeous. Yeah, lush. There's like green. There's like there's just all you can <clears throat> green grass, water, now, now white buildings. Now what what is your preferred class in the in the Elder Scrolls? Because for me, like I don't change it at all. Mm -hmm. I'm always dark elf. Okay. I'm always like a paladin type, like leaning more towards magic. I'm always a, like a Khajiit battle mage. Really? Yeah, I love, I love, I love a big cat. You know, <laughs> but the Khajiit, the, Khajiit's my, sick, and they jump high and they're fast. Okay, okay, and in in um in Morrowind, I went Khajiit because mm. you could you could do the acrobatics mattered so much more. Yeah, yeah. But the I just hate the way Khajiits talk. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> like the, all their voice lines are just so cringy. Dude, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big Khajiit and Argonian fan. Basically, any, Argonians like, yeah. too? No, dude. Yeah, I can't do, I don't want to do like a humanoid class. No, the humanoid, I mean. I don't if, want, I don't want to if, do if orc you, yeah. or anything. And if you pick like a Red Guard or an Imperial yeah. or like a Nord, you're the cops. You're fucking basic, dude. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm basic for being like stereotypical Dark Elf man, but the Dark Elves to me were just, I really liked that. But once again, I played Morrowind first. So I think this is kind of what led me to do all these stuff but i don't know i just thought they looked the coolest i thought they had the best customization options mm -hmm. and i think they had a higher um like i forget the word but like fire like destructive they were magic. typically yeah the the different elves classes were good at particular classes of magic yeah. yeah i don't know i just i always thought that and honestly i think that's another reason that i'm so excited for elder scroll 6 is we've now had two we were obviously with the Imperials in mm. Cyrodiil and Oblivion yeah. and in Skyrim, we were with the Nords and I just, I hope, I think, I think the rumor is that it's going to be the Khajiit homeland else is elsewhere. Elsewhere. Yeah. yeah. That's the rumor at least. Yeah. Now have you, when, when Oblivion, um, or sorry, when, when Skyrim had kind of run its course and, uh, Bethesda started to go really hard on the Elder Scrolls online. Were you interested in that like at all? Yeah, I actually bought it. And I think Josh and I played it for like 10 hours or so. Mm -hmm. I mean, I enjoyed it. It was definitely more like Morrowind than it felt more like Morrowind than it did Skyrim. Yeah. It's also because of the setting. Yeah. But I mean, it was, it was fine. I wasn't like, it wasn't like the greatest thing since sliced bread. Obviously, I still only put 10 hours into it, but it was, and I bought it after they, you know, I sure as hell didn't buy it when they're doing the monthly payments. No, my but, God. Yeah, I dude. bought it. I bought it. I think I got it like $20, no monthly payments after that point. Which was fine, and it was you know it kind of scratched that itch for a little while. Um, I got debated so hard when they released, and this is tied to my next topic. When Elder Scrolls Online released Morrowind, I'll never forget this. I saw the mm. Amazon link, and I texted it to Big Nick, and I was like, "Dude, they're making fucking remaking Morrowind. Yeah. Like, let's fucking go!" And I was like, "Gonna buy it," and he was like, "Yo, that's an Elder Scrolls Online yeah, thing." Online. Uh, dude, I got debated so fucking hard. Oh. Now, do you remember? Um, I know a couple of years ago this was really big. Was like Sky Oblivion. Sky Oblivion, yes. And Sky Wind, I think was the other one. Yeah, or more. I don't know. I forget what they did. Yeah, but did, Sky Oblivion is is the big one. Did you ever play any of them? No, um, but they know they're at least as of right now. There's like some really cool progress, and like I think they actually a trailer came out within the last couple of months. Mm. Um, so for yeah. those of you at home that don't know what we're talking about, people were remaking Oblivion and Morrowind in the Skyrim engine. And uh, even this morning talking to Nick, he was like, do you think they would ever remake, um, do you think they would ever remake this, remake Morrowind, remake Oblivion? Mm. And I think that there's a world where they could, but those games are so huge and it would take so much time and money that... I think that most of the Elder Scrolls fan base would be absolutely furious. Yeah. Especially when you think about Bethesda for the longest time from, from Morrowind to Oblivion to Fallout 3 to New Vegas to Skyrim, Bethesda just could not be stopped. Yeah. Like every, I, I considered myself the biggest Bethesda fanboy. Like yeah. I wanted to play every fucking game. It didn't matter. I was obsessed and then at once fallout four hit everybody was like wait these guys are just making the same fucking game yeah they're making the same game yeah. and, they're, and they're not i, I don't want to like talk shit because obviously game development takes a, a crazy amount of yeah. talent and time and experience but like they were just getting outclassed by people left and right oh yeah absolutely like cd project red smoked them with um the witcher 3 why well, couldn't i remember the yeah. witcher 3 um 
and 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 all these jrpgs honestly were trying to come for their neck like even dragon quest 11 and all these games are just like it it almost felt like bethesda bethesda created this massive um like Like sandbox style yeah like they they created this like behemoth and everybody got so inspired and then just left them in the dust and fallout 4 was a mess fallout 4 was like fine it just wasn't like amazing yeah. i didn't i didn't even get halfway honestly fall four i didn't even make it to Bo- i didn't even make it to fenway park i beelined it to boston oh really I was yeah like, i didn't make it to fenway park i think i, I played like 20 25 hours and i was like all right i'm done the yeah i, I mean i basically did the same thing i just beelined it to the park um and fallout 76 i know you played a lot more of it than i did yeah. and it was okay but it was like yeah. it was a fucking mess yeah i play i played like 20 hours of that and i'm like all right i'm good it it took them forever to get elder scrolls blades out it was a big bit with oh, me and my friends yeah. where i was just like because nick and i went to e3 and uh they announced blades and then we got to play it if you don't know elder scrolls blades is the mobile phone game it's also on the pc and switch but it was it was traditionally they're like here's your skyrim experience on the, yeah, phone. On the phone yeah and uh it was fine, and then they delayed that. So I think that they're starting to lose a lot of their goodwill with yeah. people, you know. And like, like honestly, I'll, I'll be honest, like Starfield and Elder Scrolls Six are not going to be a day one buy for me. Like I'm going to wait. Elder Scrolls Six yeah. will be a day one buy for me because I have no, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, self control, mm. and I also am just like obsessed with because even I mean. I am. I fucking love Morrowind and Oblivion and Skyrim. Yeah. I mean, I bought Skyrim on my Switch when there was no other games out, and I mm. spent. I sold my 3DS to buy Elder Scrolls for sixty dollars, and then played it for like a day, whatever. Um, I just like I want. I believe in Bethesda to get shit right. Mm-hmm. I just like. I'm gonna buy it, but I'm gonna be nervous. Yeah. I'm I'm just I'm gonna wait for like a hundred reviews. I'm probably not gonna buy it till I mean, obviously if 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 within the first like couple weeks people are like, oh man, like they really turned it around with this. This is like the best thing since Morrowind, so on and so forth, I'll buy it. But if I hear otherwise, then either I won't buy it or I'll wait till it's like twenty, thirty dollars. Um just I- because I can't like A, like Honestly, I don't have a hundred hours to put into games right now. And B, like that's if right. I if I do want to buy a game, it's gonna be like a hundred hours long. Like it has to be A worth my money. And you know, if I can't like I can't reward I can't keep rewarding Bethesda for making bad games. Like okay, I that's I bought Fallout 4 full price. I bought Fallout 76 full price. So I kind of fucked myself on that, but I gotta, you know, I gotta I gotta hit the line. I'm def I'm definitely with you on Starfield because I don't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no but, one does. but I'm also I'm a sucker for yeah. a good marketing plan. So if it looks sick, I'll buy it. Um, but I don't know. Elder Scrolls games are, are just they feel like part of my fucking identity as a gamer. Like I, I just feel like I have to because okay, here's here's my here's something I've been saying for a little while. I believe that Bethesda knows that they have to fucking kill it with those games. Like, but I wonder, right? Because people people buy Fallout 76 and shit, like but but there was such internet backlash like yeah. like crazy but then, and also if they also if they put like review embargoes out then you have to buy it before like you have to buy it before did they do that anyway. for four i know yeah. they did it for four did they do it for 76 sure they also did it for 76 or like mm. they gave it like a week or something like that so and honestly there's i i do i do love me an elder scroll or two 
Um, like I'll go back and play Morrowind. I've definitely and especially you'll play like, Morrowind. No way. I'll dude. definitely play Morrowind right now just because like Morrowind. I, dude, I want that game's like unplayable. now. It's not unplayable, especially oh, on PC. No, nah, it's not unplayable. No, like, but it's like I've played Morrowind more recently than I played Oblivion on PC, and it's it's a, really a it's still playable and it's fine. B I just like being in. I like immersing myself. I kind of like going back and immersing myself in a world that doesn't hold my hand. I guess that's yeah. fair. And the only, there's only one person that I would buy anything from pre-order sight unseen. And that's Hideo Kojima. Oh, you're crazy. I bought, I, I literally, I, we're going to go off topic for like <laughs> 20 seconds. I bought a PS4 and I bought a PS4, the Death Stranding PS4 sight unseen and to this day, that is the only game I played on my PS4, and I bought that in November. That's nuts. So yeah, um, but on that, like, I'll wait. I'll be a patient gamer, and then we'll see how it goes. I don't have it in me, man. I like in here on the subject of like playing old games. I was thinking about this earlier, and I say this a lot about different shit. If they put Oblivion on the Nintendo Switch for sixty dollars, I would buy it. Like, I think I, I, think I would. Bu- I would buy a physical Oblivion on yeah, Switch. Hell yeah! Like. Dude, even like even just seeing, I remember walking around the Cape Cod Mall, going into the GameStop there, and seeing the Game of the Gear Oblivion just like on the wall. And I was like, "I'll buy it right now." Yeah, I had I had the. I'm pretty sure I had whatever collector's edition they had for Oblivion. I, I bought that one for 360. I don't she even so remember. Sick. I don't even remember being able to. Like I know that I played Oblivion, but my my strongest memories are playing Morrowind, hmm. wishing I could play Oblivion. Dude. Yeah, I remember actually, I was kind of, I, I played Morrowind here and there and I really did like it. Like, I think I got halfway through the game, Mm. but I didn't end up finishing it for whatever reason. And I just remember really liking it. So I definitely knew that when Oblivion, when Oblivion had gotten announced, I was like, okay, this is a, this is a definite buy for me. But I also think that at the time that Morrowind came out, I was like 13, 14 years old. Mm. I didn't quite grasp the concept, like. I could, you know, I could play the game, create my character and kind of just like barge through the game and figure everything out. But yeah. I like, I didn't appreciate like the world building yeah. as a 13, 14 year old yeah. that I did when I, when I went back to it when I was older, which is why I don't mind going back to it now because I do appreciate that world building. But so many things in that game, like, do you, do you remember in a, in Morrowind, you had to not only put uh, points into your jumping ability, mm-hmm. but in your landing ability? Yeah, or you had, well, if you had, I mean, you only had to do the landing thing if you were like jumping off of buildings. Yeah. Um, but, but like in that game, it was so easy to just like jump, 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 and like spam your acrobatic skill to like crazy. Oh, yeah. yeah where absolutely, you could absolutely. like jump super far and yeah. just break your legs on the other yeah. side. Or you could, in the beginning of the game where you found the dead wizard on the ground and you mm. could steal his, uh, you could steal his jumping spell. I, the one thing that I do like about Oblivion versus a lot of these games is Oblivion, you know, we talked about how they won't let you just like kill whoever you want and they force you to kind of wall things off. I really appreciated in Oblivion, um, that you couldn't like in Morrowind, I will never forget in my like 15th playthrough of the beginning of Morrowind, I just left, uh, the port went all the way to this castle and killed a guy and stole his glass armor. And then I just had like full glass armor the whole game. Uh, and I also I'm I'm really interested to know about your character build because I always went light armor, um, but in Oblivion 
at least in my personal experience, it wasn't as easy to exploit things like that. Yeah. Like in Skyrim, I know in this very particular area in Whiterun, you can jump up on a wall and face to the ground and get under into everybody's character chests. Yes. And you could just like loot their shit. Um, Oblivion, I, I felt more buttoned up to me than that. Like you couldn't exploit I mean, there's, things like I mean, crazy. In any Bethesda game, there are bugs. Yeah. And if you find, I mean, you can, you can find, they're there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I would say Oblivion definitely had it tied down a bit more. Um, so no, yeah. do you think do you think that's a do you think that's a, a function of them being like one of these first AAA mega titles in the 360? I wonder if it was that, and maybe since the world couldn't be so huge, mm. that it was easier to catch bugs. Uh, I guess that's fair. It, you know, we were just talking about if we'd play Starfield or. Elder Scrolls 6 and to me such a big and this is like extreme woe is me gamer shit but to me such a big part of the Elder Scrolls experience is like playing on like a couch with a controller and like a big TV just chilling like kind of just lounging back now I get that that's I mean that's what I like Oblivion Fallout 3 that was my experience was just playing them on the couch in the living room I think either playing on the couch in the living room or using my mom's TV because that was a... You sneak into her room and use the TV? Well, because... So in the living room, we had this big-ass tube TV. Like, okay. this must have been a couple hundred pounds. It was like 55-inch tube TV. Okay. So obviously that's running maybe like... Maybe like maybe 240. Maybe it was running... Maybe like... Maybe 480 even at that point. Uh, 480i, 480p at that point. I'm assuming 480i, honestly, because we were broke. But my mom's room, she had this little ass 24, maybe 27 inch uh, TV at the at the foot of her bed, mm. but it was 1080i. Whoa. And Oblivion could run 1080i. Wow. So I would literally, I would, when she wasn't home, I would take the console from the TV in the living room and mm. I would put it in her room <laughs> so I could experience like this higher fidelity, this like this 1080i that was, that was like so new to me. I was like, oh, it was like so clear and crisp and nice. That's um, crazy. And then, but. But apparent, but I then learned that seven twenty p was like, if we're talking about like like fidelity, like quality, seven twenty p is better than ten eighty i. But I didn't get to, we didn't get yeah. that far. It was a little more expensive. Did you have the Xbox that had the big fucking power brick outside of it? Yeah, dude, that thing was so monstrous. Dude, it, I used to keep it. I used to keep my TV on on this like little stand uh, in my room. And the brick was so fucking big that the stand was like six inches off the wall because the brick just wouldn't yeah, let it get close light. to the wall. I used to play on TV. Uh, I don't, I couldn't tell you the brand if you held a gun to my head, but it was a, a TV that my dad got me. It was in my room and it had a VCR input in it. Mm, <laughs> and I okay, remember okay. I watched many an adult film on the, on the TV it. on we the love it. VHS. Dude, like. As I got older and learned about like how video signals work and whatnot, I think honestly that's why I've gotten so obsessed with like retro consoles as of late mm-hmm. because we used to play on the, you know, you'd have your yellow cable and you'd have you'd have your yellow cable which gave the video and yep. you'd have the red and white for your sound. But as I grew older and learned about like so the yellow cable was composite. It was yep. just every single video signal, it was the, it was the Luma signal and the, and the two color signals were just going into one cable. So it was just shit quality. And mm-hmm. as I got older and learned about like composite video, I, like component video and like RGB, I like always wanted to go back and see how high quality I can get my old systems to go. Uh-huh. So that's kind of how I've been like 
running around with like retro consoles and whatnot. It's interesting to see how that, how that uh, affected you as yeah. you got older. I never, my dad was always a big like sound and video guy. He had, speaking of, he had a 50 inch tube TV in our uh, living room that one time crushed my foot when I was playing <laughs> Beyblades and broke my big toe. Um, <clears throat> but I would play, I would try to play on that TV, but I never, like I was the first one in the house that got like an HD TV. Mm-hmm. And that was when I was playing, uh, my dad bought me a 32 inch, which I thought was like the biggest fucking thing at the time. Oh, now, yeah, if, yeah. if I saw a 32 inch TV, I'd be, I'd be like, that's shit. That's man. dog. That's, throw that thing away. Was this, little, was this little ass thing? But even though like, it's crazy when you think about like, I think about like my, 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 my TV in my living room is only like, it's only 1080. Mm. And I'm like, oh, this dog shit, 55 inch TV. And then I go <laughs> in my, and I go in my room with a fucking 24 inch, 27 inch monitor. It's like the greatest thing since sliced bread. Dude. I, I don't know, dude, the, there's something about, but it, I think the other crazy thing I was looking at, um, I was, you know, I played a little bit, I've played a little bit oblivion of oblivion and I was watching some videos of oblivion and the game still looks beautiful. Like I, there are, I mean, obviously I'm having a little bit of like rose color glasses looking back on like, I'm remembering environments a lot more fleshed out than they mm. were for sure. But even when you, when you see them unmodded, it's like. Yeah it's still like really fucking amazing. Yeah. Like the technology behind how it, what it took to make these games look. Honestly, so if you, I think here, I think here's the thing that if you were to play the Xbox 360 version right now, you would think yeah. it looks like shit for sure. But yeah, I think it's like as good as you thought the Xbox 360 version looked as a kid yeah. playing it on PC. Now you're like, Oh, it's like, Okay, this is like what I think it looked like as okay. a kid. That's fair. Yeah, I, yeah. I actually I would love to see that. Do you have a I've been trying to I've been tr- No, I think my next I my next couple so I got a Sega Saturn the other day. My next console buy is going to be a GameCube. I'm going up, mm. but GameCube is next. Okay, well, I need you to I need you to fast track the 360. Yeah. Nick and I had this thing. You have a 360? Oh. Oh, on cable. Oh, ship it out. Nick and I uh up until up until last year when they've put uh where big nick got an xbox one so we could play the master chief collection nick and i were like always on craigslist being like is today the day we're gonna buy an 80 dollar xbox 360 because if you go on craigslist right now i bet you can find a hundred dollar pack with like a three 360 oblivion i almost guarantee it and like halo three games and like forza two whatever the hell nick and i talk about buying that 360 every fucking day and then big nick got Big Nick got his Xbox One and he went away for a weekend and we we're like, hey, Big Nick, can we play Halo? Yeah. <laughs> and we brought it up to our room. Buy and some backwards compatibility games, yeah. you know, buy well, some fucking Skate 3. No, dude, we got, we just got fucking, um, we had a Game Pass. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, sorry, I'm super off topic. Um, one thing that I wanted to talk about in regards to Oblivion is how many, um, the uh, do you remember in in skyrim um you could you basically weren't able to or maybe i'm getting things mixed up i'm pretty sure in morrowind you could plant items on people that could uh they were called like cursed items okay okay you could plant a cursed item on a person and it would i think it would actually kill them but in oblivion uh i always thought that the two coolest mechanics in that game were 
being able to pickpocket and like loot stuff and put people on it yeah. and the lock picking. Oh, the lock the picking, lock lock picking, picking minigame was phenomenal. In Oblivion was the most perfect thing. Yeah. And then in Skyrim, they did some jank ass shit where you yeah, gotta like, you kind of just move it around a like, circle. It wasn't really like a game. It was no. boring. It was boring as fuck. The was, lock picking felt like. I, I was lockpicking shit that I knew and just like the snap of the lockpick. Yeah. And then you got to go through like, you know, you go through like the little, you're like, oh my go. God, dude. dude. The, and like, I just feel like games now and there was another game. Oh no. Oh, I want to say it was a rat. It was a Ratchet and Clank game. Do you remember in Ratchet I and Clank? I Ratchet and Clank. You never played Ratchet and Clank? No. Oh my God, Nick, you played Ratchet and Clank, right? Okay, so in Ratchet and Clank, there was this uh, basically light bars that you had to shoot and one light bar had to touch the other and turn mm. it from red to green. And you had to find a way to like, and like some, when you move one, like a stopper would happen on the other side. So you had to find the perfect way to have all the light bars and stoppers to activate a lock in oblivion. Like it just felt like it felt like it took real skill and like puzzle. I feel like, a real, I feel like a real fucking thief. Yeah. yeah. But in, in Skyrim, it was like, uh, you just had just to feel the vibration and like, thing. it was really, yeah. I just feel like Bethesda, but like, think about the groundwork that Bethesda laid for so many things like that. Even in, um, in I think the other the other biggest thing that made Oblivion feel like larger than life and more not thought out. I don't want to say thought out, but the fact that like Oblivion was a place that you went and that it like it, oh, was, yeah, it was like an alternate universe. Yeah, yeah. Versus like in Skyrim, you, I mean Skyrim is huge. You can walk around everywhere. There's yeah. like secrets everywhere, but Oblivion just felt so much more deliberate in its yeah, storytelling there's like you these know? yeah the oblivion gates and they were just like their own contained like hell portals and here's the other thing too about oblivion i think that this this affects a lot of people maybe subconsciously skyrim like in a way turned into a meme right like yeah it was on a 360 it was on the xbox one ps3 ps4 alexa. psvr it alexa the, yeah it got the, it got the resident evil 4 treatment yeah it went yeah. everywhere but um oblivion feels like and and obviously like the big thing was like modding skyrim and like yeah. making your guy have a big dick when you're yeah. walking around talking to everybody <laughs> but in a, oblivion didn't fall prey to that because it was it was before all that you know it just basically lived on the 360 yeah. i think it only I lived think, on the 360 in the pc yeah and i think i think also we may have just felt that because we didn't have pcs so we That's couldn't true. Do, we couldn't do modding we couldn't do all that cool shit That's true. Um, you know, back in the day, we were just like, okay, we have our 360 and this is the game that we get. Yeah. And it just stays this game. I don't know, dude. Oblivion is is so I mean, the 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 main storyline where the the you know the fucking emperor gets killed. Yeah. And you have to deal with and all he that. He saw you in a dream, dude. Yeah. Even though you just he saw your face in a dream, even though you just made it ten minutes ago. The the other thing <laughs> the other thing about Oblivion is uh Oblivion and Morrowind both used the birth sign um, chart. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. Like this, I was born on the, the horse sign, so yeah. I'm a better thief. But Skyrim was like, nah, fuck all that. Yeah, the other, see. I'll never forget in like 20, uh, 2015, because I was still playing Oblivion. Actually, no, it must have been like 2012 or something. Anyway, uh, on my Facebook profile picture, because uh, you could you could change, you could make a class name. And, and you can make, I made my class name a boss and my, and my Facebook profile picture was, are you sure you want to be a boss? <laughs> like, <laughs> just had like the, the text, just like reading it. Yeah. I don't know, dude. Those, those fucking games, like, it's funny. Every time we do an episode, I want to go play a game, but I will say oblivion 
is a little if you're used to skyrim and you're used to how rpgs work today oblivion is a little intimidating and like feels a little bit um dated in its mechanics yeah. like i remember i uh two two christmases ago i asked josh our friend josh was like he said he like had like a bunch of fucking steam money and i was oh, like yo I josh buy me oblivion game of the year and he just bought it for me and so i booted up i was talking to billy i was like dude i'm so fucking excited let's go and then i was like wait i'm over encumbered because of arrows yeah like there are there are two there are i think two three of my least favorite video game mechanics and i think they all happen in oblivion unfortunately weighted ammunition weighted ammunition slash like over encumbrance i know it's a thing i know like it has to be a thing but like it fucking sucks it's like it's not fun um weapon durability weapon durability sucks i thought there was weapon durability i'm pretty sure there isn't really i don't think so Hmm. uh and could be wrong i double check but and uh escort or following missions definitely yeah those are like my three video game pet peeves in in yakuza one of the best things that has in um in following missions or escort missions you just hold l2 and you just walk with the person with them yeah yeah and then they would always you know they would companies would always have an issue finding out how fast a thing needs to be it's like faster than your walking speed but slower than your running speed bullshit which i don't even know how you would do that on pc what do you mean? Be- because like, oh because yeah, because like, yeah. you, well, you know, no, it, you'd probably. Oh, I, I get what you're saying because there's no like analog. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it was like always about finding the right position of your joystick to walk yeah. just fast enough. But on PC, you're just like running. You're either running or you're you're holding down shift and you're walking. I'm just, I'm really not concerned, but I'm really interested to see what you know. Because I say that I want to like snap by Elder Scrolls Six, but there have been a lot of games where if I can't play them like in my bed, detached from like discord and everything on my computer mm-hmm. that i just like can't get immersed and i like can't buy into it like i think that fallout 4 was honestly the first game like that there was just too many other um i wanted to say like too much other like allure like there's just too many other things that i could be doing or something yeah. i think that's was like i like when i just like dumpstered death stranding mm. it was because it wasn't on, it was on my ps4 so i was just yeah. in my living room playing yeah and like obviously i was at my phone but like i wouldn't have like my headphones on like discord and everything in there yeah i'm really interested to see to see how that affects my playthrough because obviously you know with pcs you have you have so many options you can i could plug it into my tv you can plug a controller into it but i don't know all these i feel like story-based games like that there's almost um I don't know the segregation of of all outside yeah. influence. You know, right. yeah. like it helps that immersion a lot. I mean, that's why I love playing games on my Switch because I play on an airplane a lot of the time, and you're just you can't fucking do anything you other Switch. than play the game. Yeah. yeah. The other um, something we didn't get to talk about from a technical standpoint of Oblivion, which I think is so important and really helped with that immersion, was the fact that not only did every NPC have voice lines, mm-hmm. but every NPC also had a schedule. Yep. Which when I yep. found that out, I was like, oh, my God, these guys' brains are fucking huge. And that's something we take for granted now, right? Yeah, like, and it almost honestly didn't happen like that because originally because originally on the 360 um they were only going to give the developers of the games half they were only going to let them allocate half the memory of the console to or like some they they weren't going to allocate as much memory to the developers as you know to flesh things and obviously that would have that would have hampered oblivion massively and they ended up 
last minute they're like, hey, we're going to give you access to twice as much memory as we were originally going to. And uh, like developers at Bethesda, like they literally had like, like they had like a party wow. about like getting double memory. They have like wow. a double memory party and, and shit. So yeah, definitely that, that, that certainly helped in terms of, you know, technical aspects and them getting it out within four months of launch within the, uh, it wasn't at launch, but four months is in like the launch window. Yeah. 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 It's, it's really like, I, I really think that, uh, like in open worlds, like those schedules are something that we really take for granted now. Like, yeah. Like kind of just expect to, yeah. Kind of expect people to go to bed at night go to yeah. their jobs or whatever and like walk around. Yeah. But like it, it, it really helped with me. I think in oblivion feeling like I was part of something like I was like, Oh, I know that at 2 PM or in the afternoon, this guy's going to be at his fucking like grindstone or something. Yeah. You know, I don't know those. I just, I'm so obsessed with, I'm really, you've got me really nervous about other scroll six because I fucking love oblivion and I loved Skyrim and I just want to see, I want to see what Bethesda is capable of when they take it to that like next level. Mm. But I'm afraid that the they thing might that just I, rest on their, if they're going to rest on their laurels or not rest on their laurels. And I'm also afraid that their like their committance to their engine, like yeah, is, is limiting because there's something to be said for like games feeling like they come from the same developer and whatever. But there's another thing for a game to just feel like a reskin of another game, mm. right? Like, and back in 2010 and 2012, when did Fallout 3 come out? Fallout 3 was oh, yeah, they made Fallout 3 made it in 06, 07. That early? I mean, there maybe 08. Oh. Um, like back then, that was like that was fine. It was like, oh shit, Fallout feels like Oblivion with guns. Yeah, and yeah, that's oh, yeah, cool. yeah. And that's like but, that was like the thing. But 10 years later, it's like, it's not acceptable now. Like for fallout four to feel like oblivion with guns. Right. <laughs> That's true. Okay. Wow. Like if you, if you, if cyberpunk 2077 comes out and it just plays like the witcher three, mm. I will be furious. Obviously it's not going to his first person, which helps a lot. But like, also I think CD project red is not, Fucking like, I mean, Witcher two and three actually, even even Witcher two and three played pretty way different, way differently, and and Witcher two played completely differently. Like Witcher one is the most different. Witcher yeah. two and three, there's some, there's yeah, some, they're similar. But yeah, there's some similarities. So I mean, I I feel like I can trust CD Projekt Red. Right? That's at this point. Also, the fact that they are still like an indie developer, like yeah. they don't have like a parent company or stocks and shit. But even even the the makeup of Bethesda is like, I mean, they're owned by Zenimax, right? Mm. But but that's also just a like a different branch of Bethesda, isn't it? Yeah, some like there's some like weird over, but overlap. yeah, I don't know. I I really I, now you have me nervous because those there's there was something. It's really interesting how a game has such a limited ability. There's a difference between like charm and sameness, right? Like yeah. Oblivion and and Fallout. It was cool that they shared a lot of the same charm. Yes, yes. But uh, you know the fact that. The fact that Obliv that Bethesda hasn't done anything to their engine really since Fallout or since Skyrim, I guess. Yeah. It's like, come on, guys. Yeah, I, I am nervous because but then but like they're kind of it's funny on the way over here, we were listening to Eminem and there's always this conversation of like Eminem is in this catch 22, right? Like he can't rap like how he rapped when he was in his 20s. Yeah. Because we'd be like, dude, you're in your 50s now. But we also don't give a shit about what he wants to rap about in his fifties. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I'm really afraid that Bethesda will deal with the same issue because, like, I don't want 
a game from 2006 again, but I don't want a game so different that it's unrecognizable. But as I was just saying that I remembered that the outer wild outer worlds came out and did a really good job. Yeah. They did a really good job being like almost like new Vegas too. Yeah. Um, but that was obviously there were some of the same people, uh, obsidian always had like a much better writing staff as well. Yeah. So, so maybe there's nothing to be worried about, but I also, also I like to think of it like this isn't fucking, this isn't the early 2000s anymore. Like games aren't going to sell out. That's true. Like there's no like, like I don't have to worry about getting this like limited edition thing. I mean, obviously unless you're getting like the actual limited edition. Yeah. But like I'm not worried about the discs running out. Yeah. You know, that's like, and are you talking about in terms of like, like their ability to make a game big or or you're worried about like getting a copy of the yeah game. getting like getting a copy like i i, I mean, know skyrim, that like skyrim sold out yes like skyrim, skyrim did sell out for sure but now we have i mean especially if we're going like to be digital downloads yeah, digital and... distrib- you can't run out of digital downloads yeah so <laughs> yeah there's that um so there's no there's no real there's no real advantage in like in needing to play it day one um although it's, it is nice it is nice to get ahead of the curve i still I'm think I, i'm i'm a little pig and i'm gonna do it what do you say being yeah being a part oh, of yeah, the conversation yeah, no, yeah. is is definitely like like but in oblivion or in elder scrolls games it's like everyone can everyone elder scrolls so big everyone does something different yeah, so there's like different anyway. there's pretty limited conversation and conversation that happens probably isn't super spoilery anyway yeah 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 I was gonna. I was gonna ask you. Do you remember your favorite mission from the game? Okay. I mean, easily, easily in the Dark Brotherhood, uh, when you go to, um, it's like one of the final missions of the Dark Brotherhood mm-hmm. quest line, and they. I forget the exact uh, happening, but basically, you get to um, a town. You get sent on a mission, and you show mm-hmm. up, and all the Dark Brotherhood are there, and they've killed uh, Lucian Lachance, and they're yes. like, we found out that he was. That he was basically he was trying to kill off everybody in the black hand and yeah. whatever. But then you find out that it wasn't him, it was the other guy. <laughs> Matthew. And then or something, something. he tries to stab the night mother. Even as a kid, I saw that and I was like, why would you think that was gonna work? Yeah. Uh, and then you have to fight him. I think the Dark Brotherhood quest line was I was so fucking Dude, that was some Hollywood level writing. It was really that good. That was really dude. good. Yeah, no, it was really good. Like the triple, the double triple whipple at the end. <laughs> what about you? What was your favorite? My favorite one was a quest called Brush with a Death. Okay. So you find this woman. And she's like, hey, like, my husband works at the studio, um, but he's been missing. I haven't seen him for days. Hmm. So you go to the guy's studio, and it's been ransacked. Um, and, like, all of his supplies are everywhere. You know, you read a couple manuals, and you find out that a thief came by hmm. and stole his magic brush. Huh. And so what happens is the thief painted a picture and escaped into the world. Whoa. So the guy went into the world with the thief to chase Whoa. him to try and get back his magic paintbrush. So you find this easel and you jump into this world now what's so cool about this is that it actually changed the entire arts it not the entire you it was so recognizable it pretty much changed the art style of the game everything in that world looked like it was painted with a brush whoa so you had to like so you're going through this like world like the graphics were different and you're like wow this is like this is sick it's like i'm playing i'm like playing a different game and it was like an the guy, what happened with the thief is that he painted trolls to try and protect himself, but the trolls ended up killing him. Wow. So you and the guy, you and the guy you're saving have to go and find like, the, like fight trolls and find the paintbrush so you guys can escape from the world. This And is the- it was like, it was like, yo, like 
This is so. It's like they switched up the whole art style of the game and everything just to like for like a side mission. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The th- the craziest thing that Bethesda cannot stop themselves from doing is putting out bullshit DLC yeah. in every fucking game they release. Yeah. In Oblivion it was the horse armor. In Skyrim it was the house. Oh, right. oh the fuck. The, yes. the fucking yep. like. I forget what it was called, but you just like buy it's like ten dollar DLC and it was just like, like a big house. Build the house. And in Fallout 76, they just did another like hundred dollar fucking uh like D or not hundred dollar DLC, but like some some oh is currency. Like, yes, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. they just can't stop some themselves from doing yeah. that shit. And like honestly, like Morrowind's two DLCs were awesome, but that was that was before DLC. Yeah. They were expansion packs and you actually had to buy them physically. Now so here's here's the thing about I I had not ever bought DLC ever mm-hmm. until Mass Effect 3. So okay, I okay. don't know anything about Ooh. the Oblivion DLC. So Knights of the Nine was really cool. Knights of the Nine was their first, um, was their first like big expansion pack. So, and basically you played, you had to, the only way to start it though is you had to have zero infamy in oh. all of the towns. Like they, it was like this like Templar type of guild that was like really pure. So you couldn't have like any crimes on your record or whatnot before you like started the quest. And basically you okay. just go around, you go around like collecting all of these different pieces of armor and having these like different Templar priests help you to like ultimately defeat this monster. Uh, that one was pretty cool and definitely set the stage for like, for really good, like extended storytelling. Was in that, DLC. was that the one where like a buggy would come to you to start it? Because th- there was one DLC that I tried to got that I tried to get because I obviously have the game of year edition and I was trying to trigger it to make it happen, but mm. I couldn't do it. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. No, that one. Nice of the Nine was just like you went to a town and you like talked to a dude, mm. but you could like the cool thing about their DLC is like you could completely avoid it. Yeah, but it was just like in the world, like any other mission. And what was Shivering Isles? So Shivering Isles was bomb. Shivering Isles was basically you swam to this island. Or you like took a boat to this island. So whereas Knights of the Nine was contained in Cyrodiil, yeah. Shivering Isles was a new, it was was a new, a new region, area. Right? Yeah. So you start off, you go to this island, and you start when you go to the Shivering Isles, it's you're starting this place called the Fringe. And then there's two areas outside of the fringe which had like different color palettes, different enemies. Uh, one of them was called Mania, and the other I forgot what the other side was called. But yeah, that one, that one was phenomenal. Like that really, that stepped it up a notch. And like the story was really cool. It was, it was this Daedric Lord called Sheogorath. And you basically, that name sounds so familiar. And you had to, um, and you had to like stop this thing that happened every so often called the Grey March. So it ended up being, that was actually really cool. And I, so I didn't play the the horse armor DLC. Tell me a little bit about it. So I, I didn't get it because I was like, this is stupid. Um, was it the last DLC they released? It was the first. Oh, it was like the first. This was like this was like the beginning of like microtransactions. Uh-huh. So it was basically like it was this five dollar silver horse armor that you bought, and that was Dude. it. And it went on your horse. Did it have like special abilities? It was just it was armor, so your horse wouldn't die as easily. That was it. Yeah, that was it. Real crazy. Th- that's that's worse than the house. At least, yeah. Because the house, at least, uh, I could like push it in. Like, there's some you, you could push it in, and I think it, what the house DLC actually gave you the ability to, uh, it at, like because you could get the house in the game, and then the house DLC I think gave you more options for like mm-hmm. things you could build and like stalls and shit. The fact that it was just five dollar horse armor is yeah, psychotic. It was really, dude. That's why that was, dude. It was so super controversial at the time, but 
Yeah. Luckily, they recovered with Nice and Nine Shivering Isles. But um, I think if I'm yeah. not mistaken, the the house was also the first DLC they released. I wonder. That would make sense. They first get, their, their, get their little cash up. The thing that I that I just cannot like wrap my head around is why are maybe not wrap my head around. I, I am I am almost I feel like at a disadvantage. There are some things that I try to not pay attention to as an adult because I know that they will piss me off and like make me upset with something. Um as a kid I'm almost glad that I had nothing to listen to or pay attention to in oblivion. Like see this is where we were different. You were older than me so you probably read fucking IGN or like EGM or like anything that was coming out. I didn't. I was just like, I'm just playing Oblivion at Aiden's house. Maybe like now I know because Fallout 76 for me, I did not. I played a little bit of it. I played when it was free weekend. Yeah. Yeah. But everything that I kept reading about it was so fucking bad that I was like, I'm just not going to do this. Like it's such a dog shit piece of software. And I, I think that, I think that a lot of Bethesda stuff suffers from that Mm. where, I mean, obviously when fallout four came out was when they started their, or was it doom? Bethesda did recently started this. Like, we're not going to give you review copies until the game is out. Um, But I think that like now, like most Bethesda games, I think that's why I'm so afraid of them because I know that they're just going to get ripped up on the media and whatever but as a kid i i didn't know about this five dollar horse armor and that it was a problem yeah yeah and like i think here's like another issue like obviously like if if it's tough because everyone has different tastes so like a game might get trashed but you might love it but like you're kind of you're kind of risking your money at that point it's like it's like i can't i can't play every game Right. Even, you know, if every game gets trash, I can't play every game to confirm that the game's actually trash. So it's like you got to kind of draw the line of like where you want to. Yeah. But there are also, I mean, there's something to be said for like how vicious, uh, like things get blown way out of proportion. Right. Like, like Pokemon Sun and Moon, for instance, like that, their fan base were were so upset with the animations and there were some really janky animations. Like when the dog just like spins around, he's gliding on ice and it zips away. And like, I played that game and I loved it for the most part. Um, I mean, and like, there's, there's factual, like there's in reviews, there are factual things that like that, that are definite, like not just opinion based. Like, Oh, this runs at 30 frames or this runs at 60 frames. That's a fact that's easily. But if you, if we're talking about, Oh, the mission wasn't long enough for me or this thing wasn't included for long enough. Now you have to like think for yourself is this is this a thing i care about or is this is this worth my is this but, worth but me I'm, dropping 60 dollars? but think about death stranding right like a lot of people didn't like death stranding oh yeah they hated it yeah i fucking but you it. loved it I so loved it. yeah so i don't know yeah, it's, it's tough yeah and, and and did you buy death stranding in a vacuum like did you just like snap by it? you didn't give a shit about reviews and whatever i straight up didn't know because i i pre-ordered i pre-ordered the playstation like august maybe yeah august september so I don't know. It, it's it's a tough line to walk because, yeah. but I also think that that is not that like games media wasn't a thing, but now like to the point of like Bethesda has to step their game up. Like they really have to make sure that they're doing, you know, not necessarily like pandering to reviewers, but like you have to make sure that your shit is like tightened up. And yeah. because because if they release five dollar horse armor in Elder Scrolls Six, like there's two there's two camps of thought. People are going to be really upset, but also. There are leagues and leagues and leagues of people who just like don't listen to media like that. They don't, and, and, and that's honestly probably it. 
probably the majority of people don't. Yeah. And that's why they sell a zillion copies every time. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think that I actually forgot about the, the fucking, the Skyrim DLC. And I think Fallout 4 also has some bullshit DLC. Yeah. I didn't do any. I didn't. I don't even remember if I did any Skyrim extras. I definitely didn't do Fallout 4 extras, no I, DLC or anything. I definitely did the Skyrim extras because I was obsessed. Hmm. I think actually the buggy thing I'm thinking about is in Skyrim. Oh, okay. Um, sorry. One thing that I don't, I can't believe we actually went this far into the episode and talked about all these games and didn't talk about one of the biggest things you can do in these games, which is become infected with a disease uh yes like vampirism vampirism and did you know that oblivion was the one that didn't have uh i can't say the word you can't be a werewolf yes like i thought when i was a kid i'm obviously you know i'm probably gonna get killed for this in the comments but i did a lot of like save scumming as a kid right in oblivion because everything had a consequence yeah, i was so like choices yeah so i would like save and then i would like contract vampirism and then i would see how people would treat me yeah. and like i could go out during the day and then i was like nah, okay like i had my phone with this and then i would go back um what did you what was your uh experience with things like that that like, was my exact because i didn't i didn't care i i was very particular about how i wanted my character to act and yeah. how i wanted my character to be yeah so i would i would do the same thing i would save my game get vampirism you know, run around, bite some necks, kill some people at night. And I'm like, all right, cool. I had my fun. Now it's time to get back to my real character. Yeah. And I honestly feel like that was a lot of people's experience. Like, yeah. why would you want to, because like in, in vampirism, which makes me think a lot about fable Two. remember in fable Two, if you were a bad guy, you would like grow horns yeah, and horns. you would like look disgusting. Kind of the same thing in vampirism, right? Yeah. Like the more of a longer you were a vampire and the more humans you fed on, I think your appearance would change. People yeah. would like be really freaked out by you. Like, why would you choose that experience for yourself? Yeah, it seems, you like, yeah, it seems like, like tougher. I mean, obviously tougher, which is fine, but maybe more just unenjoyable and like not being able to go into a shop or something like that. Or Yeah. I, I just think that, but I think that to me, at least to me, save scumming is almost part of like the Elder Scrolls experience because just there's so many. I mean, I did it in outer in outer worlds too, which is like you know they're Bethesda adjacent. Um, like there was a guy who's like really sick, and he was like, "Oh, please kill me!" And I was mm. like, "Okay, I'll save and kill him." And then, yeah, and, yeah. but then like immediately I had a bounty. And I was like, "That was not worth it." <laughs> but right. same thing, and I think if for me in all those games, and this is back in the day when like, I mean, you got Oblivion, you played that game every day for the next two years of because yeah, like that's, that's all you because we sure as hell wasn't buying games every week. Yeah, we had a. And that was like all you had time for. And I just, it was all about like limit testing. Like, oh, if I kill this guy here, can I actually steal everything from the shop? Like, I don't know, dude. There's, there really is. That was also back when I was achievement hunting. You were big into achievement hunting? I was an achievement hunter, bro. Dude, Dude, let me tell you about Oblivion. I'll never, I'll never forgive myself. Why? (laughs) So when Xbox first came out, every game had a limit. Uh, they were limited to 50 achievements and 1,000 points, and they couldn't go over that okay. for any reason. So Knights of the Nine came out, so there weren't any achievements in that in that in that they DLC. Didn't, they didn't get expanded for the no. DLC. Wow. Later on, then they added a rule where bigger expansion DLCs could get an extra 10 achievement points, an extra 10 achievements, an extra 250 achievement points. Okay. So when Shivering Isles came out, Shivering Isles came out about a year and a half after. Uh, Skyrim dropped, so it came out fall 2007. Even Oblivion, Oblivion, yes, thank you. So 
that came out when that came out fall 2007 i got that and i played it so there was a point in shivering isles that was like a branching path okay. and i forgot to save before it uh, so i ended up oh. getting and so i ended up beating it completing it but if i wanted to do it again i would have had to start the entire game over again not just the entire dlc since it was a part Dude. of the game like that so i stood there 59 out of 60 achievements 1225 out of 1250 gamer score and i was like this sucks so i, was, I never went back i was never into achievement hunting because that was tied to xbox live right i mean every game had it but yeah your 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 gamer score went on to your like xbox live card yeah like i never really gave a shit about it oh i was like a big fan and that and it definitely i mean I definitely played a lot of shitty games that just allowed me to like boost it, but it also allowed me to get the most out of games because I'd be like, okay, like I can play this thing and get this next thing. Was there value in it? No, like, it was just like it was just points. <laughs> it was just points. It was you, like it was like Reddit get, upvotes. Oh my god! Yeah, you couldn't buy anything with them. There wasn't shit you could do with them. What what was what was uh, was that branching path in Oblivion? What broke you on on achievement hunting? No, because that was like pretty early in the beginning of you know it was only it was a little less than two years after Xbox 360 came out. So no. Nah. I was just, it was just something that pissed me off. <laughs> no, but obviously you don't like, do you care about steam achievements? No, I don't care about steam achievements or, tro or no trophies. Value. Yeah. No value in that. Uh, Resident Evil is cool. So Resident Evil lately, they did a cool thing where if you, when you get the achievements in that game, it unlocks like concept art and like costumes. Okay. Um, so it's tied to it that's in that cool. way, but that's, you know, that's about it. Yeah. I don't, I have never given a shit about achievements. I mean, it was always cool when like the little yeah, pop the, up. Yeah. It whatever. was like, it was like a uh, positive feedback. Wait, fuck. That's what, that's what our lower thirds should be. Ooh, it should little. be the, the Xbox, but with the HQ logo. Wow. 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 De Devin's going to start achievement hunting again. I know. Let's I, go. I don't know, dude. I never gave a shit about the achievements and everybody is so upset that the switch right now doesn't have achievements yeah. or like trophies or whatever. And I'm like, I don't know. I literally, yeah, I like, now I don't care. I don't care about achievements or trophies. Uh, I remember I was, yeah, when I was playing Death Stranding, I was like, oh, that's cool. I was going to ask if Death Stranding was one that you like really went deep on, but it, it wasn't. It wasn't, honestly, because honestly, it was, uh, like, like I said, like, I don't really have time anymore, and that was, I didn't get all the achievements in that game, and I still put like 75 hours into it, and like, wow, putting 75 hours into a game for me right now at this point in my life is like crazy. Yeah, you were you were neglecting a lot of responsibilities. I was, and like, <laughs> uh, yeah, because Outer Worlds came out little before, yeah, it did. So I put like 20 hours in Outer Worlds, and literally just hit the stop button on Outer Worlds the day that Death Stranding came out. And wow, I haven't gone back to Outer Worlds. Wow. I was gonna start giving you Death Stranding details, but you know, I this is not a Death Stranding. This is not, episode. yeah. Uh, well, do you have anything else to talk about Oblivion? Uh, no, that was uh, that was a jam. You know, that was uh, you know, it was a it was a good time in both of our lives. Two thousand six, dude, dude, what, dude? Two thousand six, dude. Let me tell you about two thousand six. I was seventeen years old. <laughs> okay, I worked at I was working in the mall at the time at the Cape Cod Mall. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, no, no, no. I was thinking of Skyrim. Skyrim, <laughs> Skyrim. I got in Providence, Rhode Island. Shout out, Big Nick. You know, you know Providence, play small, baby. Um, <laughs> Hey, you know, hey, Nick, you know who worked at Providence Place Mall when I got Skyrim? GameStop? Pete Nasty. So, <laughs> anyway. All right, we're going back. All right. So, we, uh, um, curse name, dude. So, we, uh, so yeah, 2006, I was 17 years old, work in high school in my second sophomore year. <laughs> Yikes. Working at both GameStop and TGI Fridays. I had two jobs. What? You worked at TGI Fridays? Yo, I had two jobs in high school getting straight A's. The only reason I got held back in school was because I didn't go. Dude. So if you didn't go like 10 days, you automatically got held back. Oh. 
But you know, what's Man, up? Five years in high school, still graduated, fucking top ten in the class. Let's go, baby. School, school with the absolute unfair mechanic of missed ten days get held back. Yeah, that's the weapon durability of school. <laughs> yeah, straight up. Yeah, it was rough, and then yeah, and I didn't go like the last half of my senior year. Two thousand six, I have absolutely basically no memories of. Dang, except right, oblivion. Yeah, two thousand six, dude. Also, dude. R.I.P. Steve Irwin. He died in two thousand six. Okay, as maybe, well. That's my only other memory of 2006. And also, much similar this year, there was also the bird flu pandemic, <laughs> which was this year. Yikes, uh, dude. Google bought YouTube in 2006. Whoa. Wow. Think Wait, I, d- I didn't realize YouTube wasn't just natively a Google product. No, no, it wasn't. Yeah. No, Google bought. So Google bought YouTube in 2006. And they also, that's when they downgraded, that's when they downgraded Pluto. There's a planet. Like, they took, oh. remember when they were like, Pluto's yeah. not a planet anymore. That was yeah. 2006. Isn't Pluto a planet again? I think they made it a planet again. Okay. Well, everybody, thank you so much right. for listening to this episode of Restore Point. Uh, if you like what you heard, you can subscribe on YouTube. You can follow us on our socials at the HQ Boys for more content. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Thomas. Where can people find you, Dev? Yo, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at DigitalDevX. And you can find me on Twitch at just DigitalDev. Uh, once again, we want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Manscaped, for sponsoring this episode. You can go to manscaped.com with no vowels slash HQ and put in code HQ20 for 20% off and free shipping. And uh, guys, thanks for gaming with us, and we'll see you next week. Peace out. Peace out. Stop, stop right there. Confiscating your stolen goods.